This is sex. Everyone gets what they want. This is sexploration. Explore. Play. This is sexploration with Monica. Sex is proof that God loves us and wants us to have fun. Sexploration with Monica at sexplorationwithmonica.com. Tinsel tarts in a hot coma isn't really supposed to make sense. It does have a plot, but this musical trades narrative for outrageousness, outrageously sparkly, outrageously queer, outrageously sexually provocative. If you remember the hot Greeks exploration with Monica episode, you'll remember the cockettes. They've been described as mindless libertinage and beautiful, funny, liberating, psychedelic messengers from the gods. And there is a story within a story here that arcs from San Francisco to New York City and goes all the way back to the 1960s North Beach. And until June 1st, 2013, you can see the Thrill Peddlers revive another Cockettes theater of the ridiculous extravaganza with three of the original Cockettes, Scrumbly Coldwin, Sweet Pam Tent, and Rumi Misabu. So the real story is the troop of glittery anti-establishment drag queens actually took tinsel tarts in a hot coma on the road to the Big Apple in 1971, and they got a lot of press. And while not all of it ended up being good, they penetrated pop culture, inspiring glam rock, glitter rock, 80s glitter glam fashion, a host of spin-off drag troops, bands, documentaries, YouTube makeup tutorials, and more. The tinsel tarts you can see now at the Hypnodrome is no less glittery, but restored, rewritten, and rehearsed for once. From the 1971 outline to the current Thrill Peddler full-length version. I should say full-length version, because, you know, it's longer. That's how the Cockettes wanted me to say it. Anyway, like the Cockettes, the Thrill Peddlers are still clearly having a blast on stage, but the set doesn't really look like cardboard. I don't think it is. And we'll speak with original Cockette Sweet Pam Tent and Rumi Misabu, plus the person who may have coined the term drag king, Lee Crow, a.k.a. Elvis Herselvis. That's still to come in this episode of Sexploration with Monica. If you haven't already heard the Cockettes episode, Hot Greeks, we interviewed the other original Cockette, composer Scrumbly Coldwin with Thrill Peddler's artistic director, Russell Blackwood, who in Tinsel Tarts, plays Madge the Magnificent. I wanted to direct your cameraman to come in for a close-up. I do have a face, you know. I have so much to give. Have these eyes, Tinsel. I'm here at intermission. This is Tinsel Tarts in a Hot Coma. And I want to take a moment to describe the edifice backstage. It might be made out of cardboard, that seems possible. It's pretty um, well painted. Uh, there's a kind of a, a floral design that once you look a little bit closer, it is in fact many, many phalluses on top of each other, just sort of kind of arcing off in different angles. And oh yes, that certainly is scrotum. Yes. But it looks very floral if you're not, you know, if you're not paying attention, you think, oh, flowers. But it's not flowers. Well, well, look who just flew in. If it isn't mad, it isn't. And from all accounts, she meant Hollywood in quite a hurry. 
of directors. I've come back to Broadway to fly my train. So I'm sitting next to the person who may have coined the term. <laughs> may have. Drag King. Yes. So exciting. Lee Crow, welcome to Sexploration with Monica. Thank you, Monica. I loved your performance today. Thank as you. A drag Queen. Yes, absolutely. The Queen of Mars. Absolutely, even the Queen of Mars. That, that's how queeny I am, the yeah. Queen of Mars. And you're not going to be able to get that glitter off her. I never do. It's like, yeah, once it's on, we call it Drag Queen Herpes. Yes, yes right. Well, it just gets everywhere. Yes, yes, it's yeah. true. I'm used to it. Used to it. Yeah. So you have then, you know, kind of fluidly gender yes. surfing yes. for almost a decade yeah. now. Oh, uh, actually Over. two. I got my start uh, here oh, in San Francisco right. in 1988, performing as Elvis herself as Elvis impersonator drag king. So, yeah, so that's been that's been a while. That's, right. Yeah. And so I've seen you in Cora Values at the Gas and Gulf mm-hmm. and uh, here at the Thrill Peddlers. Yep. I know that I've seen you somewhere else. I, I know I'm sh- I am. I've, I have been I'm called like something gender, ubiquitous. Something <laughs> queer. I don't know. Was it theater? Were you singing? Yes. I yes. Like, and yes. Probably. I don't know. Yes. Yes. And yes. <laughs> so I've done all uh, really a myriad of different kind of performances all through my last couple decades here in town. You know, starting, I started off lip syncing and then started singing, and that really broadened uh, a lot of things I could do. I've been in several bands, country bands, all-female rockabilly band. Right now I'm in the Woe Nellies. We're a 60s cover band, all guilty pleasure, good time songs. That's the Woe Nellies, T-H-E-W-H-O-A. N N E L L I E S the Wonellies.com. Wow, Woo Nellies. Okay. So talk to me about gender and what surfing gender has you know, what the experience of doing that over the well, past. I, th- I think as a as a little kid and seeing uh, male really heightenedly male characters like Elvis or another one that I impersonate is Captain Kirk. And seeing those seeing those male characters that were so heightened and so suave and so sexy that they really were caricatures of what is male sexuality and I think that I mean I identified with them as a kid but I also you know then I loved the space vixen that you know and Anne Margaret and I felt you know a, a sort of meow meow sexy like I thought that that was in me somewhere too and so I feel in my daily life I sort of ride the middle ground you know people perceive me as butch uh, just because I don't you know wear makeup and have short hair and all this stuff and you know and have a you know you don't spend five hours right. grooming every day no have a mask you know have a masculine appearance but um but really inside I really feel like a really run uh, middle ground and I love to express both sides of that really extremely and here at the Hypnodrome I absolutely get to do that so yeah well, I remember the song the black eyes and white oh, snow oh yeah 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 <laughs> like that right. was very mad yeah. I mean, right. you're a truck driver right exactly you know yeah. you're going into a spin exactly. on a long exactly. winter night exactly so yeah so fun stuff I can I mean I really just love to uh uh, typify any uh, heightened character is just what what I like to do. Uh, so I feel I'm more of a performer than an actor, and I just have a great time. And I'm so lucky to have the Thrill Peddlers and the Hypnodrome to do that in. And um, because there's yeah. a lot of really fluid and open Absolutely. sexuality Absolutely. going on. Absolutely, here. and I, I mean, love that. How many naked people were on stage? I, just I couldn't now? tell you. I know, right? It was. I a see lot. more dicks here than I've seen in my whole life. No, sparkly <laughs> dicks. Yeah, right. Sparkly <laughs> dicks. Which is the way I prefer them, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. if you, but you just put a little sparkle yeah, on right. that. 
performing. Exactly. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, tell Monica. me where we can find you. Well, the, the next thing I'm going to be doing is uh, May 10th and 11th, Peaches Christ is promoting a uh, 40th anniversary Rocky Horror concert. So it'll be li- all, it won't be the movie, it'll be live music with my band, the Wonellies. I'll be singing the meatloaf, uh, the Eddie song, uh, Hot Patootie. And we'll have a lot of great, great characters uh, in that. And it'll be a wonderful show. And uh, that I'm just playing here, there, and everywhere. Yes, so you as are. long as I can. Yes, you are. Thank, thank you, you, Monica. So thank you. You bet. You bet. Thank you. Where your gender the lights are much brighter on Mars. This is James Bartlett, <laughs> and you'll also know him or yes. her yes. as Rumi Misabu, one of the original coquettes. Yeah. <laughs> so this was you reprising your role from 1971. so many years yeah, 1971. ago. Can you what was that like? Uh, was you were sur- 22 then. <laughs> I know it's a surreal experience to just be able to do that after all these years and get to work with this young cast and. It's just a thrill for me to do that. Uh, what was the difference in the feeling of San Francisco and the feeling of alternative culture and and performance Well, back arts? then we did everything for free, as you know. Everything was free or really cheap. Our rent was free. The glitter was free. We ransacked the city for glitter. You couldn't find it because we owned it all. We owned it all. And gl- we used glitter on our costumes, on our sets. Uh, some boys used it on their beards, on their bodies, on their sexual parts. We pooped glitter. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I bet you did poop glitter. I mean, because there was so much glitter going around. Uh, true, I was amazed food. at how sparkly his beard got. Yes, uh-huh. I mean, you put so much glitter in it, yeah, it's just uh-huh. his whole face was shining. Beautiful, uh-huh. It's amazing. Uh-huh. I mean, tinsel tarts in a hot coma. Yeah. It's about celebrating the tinsel tarts of the, what, 20s? Yeah, the 30s, mostly the Depression time. Uh, pa- the original outline, when we did it in 1971, they actually, the Cockettes, brought me back from the dead to do that show because I quit in 1970 Mm. but I was in the 71 production in the original one of Tinsel Tarts and they did it again and I bowed out but it basically took place during the depression and the original script was just a four page outline a typewritten outline that Pam totally took off on and rewrote a brand new libretto is that what you call a libretto for it and Scrumbly already had maybe two songs original songs in it four songs in the Mm -hmm. original one Scrumbly Colwyn but he got rid of all the Broadway songs and wrote all this new material, 14 songs for this new show. And so is uh, it true that you really did go to New York City with this show? You'll have to talk to Pam about that because I bowed out and didn't go, but she I took see. it to New York. You could, you could talk to her at the same time because she's got to go. You I will. Oh, okay. So this is Pam, and she was Velma Viper in the show and Veta. also Veta like Viper Heta, Heta in the show. Mm-hmm. Veta Viper. And you were one of the original Cockettes as well. Well, I was a core member of the Cockettes. I wasn't on stage the very first night, but I came along shortly after. I was with uh, Tinsel Tarts for all the productions of Tinsel Tarts and in New York, the crazy, uh, tumultuous uh, trip to New York. Scrumbly and I, as Rumi said, took a four-page script, and it wasn't really a script. It was an outline, girls go to train station song. That was basically it. And it was all standard from the American standard or songbook, and we uh, changed it all, and he wrote 18 songs, actually, and used four from um, Link Martin. He had collaborated with Link Martin and Martin Warman at another time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I worked on the dialogue. I wrote my own song <laughs> and another song, but he, he wrote Did all Did you play the, the same character? No, Veta Viper was played by Goldie Glitters, who's a six foot two drag queen with a with a big horse face. So I had to do it different. I'm I'm yeah right exactly. I had to make Veta vicious in another way because I'm not I'm not commanding. I'm not tall like that, and especially 
European platform shoes, yeah. you know, and I'm not uh, vicious in the same way, so I had to, uh, you know, rewrite all the dialogue. So what was the difference in the queer community now? I mean, San Francisco is so much more alternative than New York City. How was the play received? In New York? Yeah. It flopped. Really? Opening night only, opening night. They had a successful run after opening night, but opening night was so hyped up by the media. They said it was the biggest thing since Elvis at Shea Stadium or Jenny Lind, right? The biggest off-off-Broadway opening in New York history. And so Peggy Cass, Tony Perkins, everybody. John Lennon, Yoko Ono couldn't get tickets. Yoko Ono couldn't get tickets? What? So, and they they marketed us to the wrong people. I mean, if we'd opened quietly in, in a theater to our peers, you know, it would have gone a lot differently. Plus, also, opening a show about New York in front of New Yorkers, trying to tell New Yorkers what you are, did not go over that so probably went over like a It was a, a big, Zeppelin. big uh, problem with the difference between the drugs that everyone was taking to. In New York, there were no hippies, I always like to say. <laughs> they were taking, ties and pearls. They were, taking, and, they were all on heroin. And oh. we were all on LSD and happy. And ah, oh. and they didn't get it. They didn't. Why are these people's queens so it happy? Was twice the size. So we had a 1,200-seat theater yeah. in the Palace, uh-huh. and it was 2,200 uh-huh. seats. Uh-huh. And the, it was the Phantom of the Opera. The curtains were ripped down. There was no sound system. There was no, sound system. In New York. There was no sound system. Yeah. Opening night, the audience couldn't hear a word of the show. I oh, saw no. the writing on the wall and refused to go. Oh. Plus, uh, I, I, I was an attitude then. I had a... Because it was the out. 64 cockheads count on 64. <laughs> Yeah, we had we had a lot of fun in New York, but a lot of people. Um, we should have opened with Pearls Over Shanghai, but Tinsel Tarts is a different show now. I mean, we've really oh, yeah. expanded it. It's a lot of fun and now. Pam is a scribe of our group too. She wrote the book uh, Midnight at the Palace: My Life as a Fabulous Coquette from a Woman's Point of View. A lot of uh, a lot of the people think in the media. Uh, and then the public that the cockettes were all guys. I've That's seen that. That's what I was thinking. I've seen that. No, not no, no. True. I, I am constantly supporting the magic that the woman brought into the group. And if there were no women in the group, it wouldn't have been what it was. They were equally as part of the magic. And of course, if there were no women, there wouldn't have been guys. Here's another original cockette right here, Miss Harlow. Yeah. Uh, from Exciting the to have you in the and, audience. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. It's been really fun working, and there hasn't been a group really that I felt comfortable with in San Francisco until the Thrill Peddlers. And Russell, as a matter of fact, saw my book in a bookstore and got hold of me through Robert Altman, a photographer in my book. I came down here about five years ago, and he says, well, are there any cockettes around? And I, I thought, oh, you know, this poor guy doesn't know what he's asking for. And he said, bring it on. And ever since, it's been, you know... Russell, the material resonates with Russell. He really, he really gets it. And he looks great in a sparkly dress. Oh, he's fabulous, isn't he? This place is made for the cockheads and the thrill peddlers, and it works so beautifully. And the show works now that we reworked it. It, 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 It works. Well, Pam, thank you so much for taking the time to stop with us. I mean, I know I can hear your keys jingling in your hand. Thank you so much for talking with us, Pam. Original cockette, thank you. Thank you. Would you like to ask Actually, I wanted to know like yeah. what the Cockettes were trying to create yes. by creating the theater in the 70s. Uh, back then, we were taking influences from all of our own influences and experiences as young people through the art world. We celebrated literature, fine art, uh, not like they're doing today with uh, pop icons. Now they're just, uh, I feel today that the queens today and the the mixed gender performers are doing nothing but uh, celebrating pop icons, Madonna Knight, Tina Turner, uh huh, yeah, mm-hmm. stuff like Some that. Lady Gaga. I got to work with Tina Turner. You know, I was her stylist for a year and a half back then. She liked what I was wearing in the cockettes I impersonated. 
uh, <laughs> Tina Turner and the Cockettes, and we got to work together for a year and a half. Fun. And I did costumes for her. But today they're all celebrating television shows, mm. redoing mm. Uh, Golden Girls, and mm. I'm not interested in any of that. Mm. I was, back then, I was a... Uh, Honoring um, Jean Genet, Jean Cocteau, Bertolt Brecht, all the, the masters of theater and of film. Mm-hmm. And t- I celebrate that to, today, to, to, mm. to this day. My Facebook page, I have a, a regular feature on my Facebook page called Born on This Day. Mm. And it's nothing but artists. Mm. You won't find sports or religious or politicians on there. Mm-hmm. It's just artists in every field you could think of who have touched and stirred me in some way in my long lifetime. And I celebrate them by making an album, by putting a piece of their music. Every day I go through, in Wikipedia, go through all the birthdays and say, now who do I really want to honor today? And I have a regular feature for the last two years and a nice big following who celebrate that. Great. Uh Well, you can find that Facebook page at Rumi Misabu, right? At James Bartlett. Oh, uh, James Bartlett, because that's your real name. is your right. We call it parentheses. Okay. Uh Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on Sexploration with Monica. Okay, thank you, dear. You can subscribe to Sexploration with Monica on iTunes and have new episodes delivered automatically. Or download free podcasts at sexplorationwithmonica.com.